welcome to the Shape of a Star podcast, where everyone has a story. We just need to shape it so that we're the star or something like that. So thanks for stopping by, Satellites, aka the fandom name, if you haven't caught on by now. But today's guest is basically a celebrity in their own right, because you could catch them on any social media platform if you even hint at being in marching band. Who I'm talking about specifically is someone who has performed all around the world in a very legit way and very openly shares lots of helpful tips and the honesty of what it's like to be in the performing arts or the marching arts, as people like to say it these days. So you'll get to hear all about regional terminology and all those other confusing things. But in the end, we're just flags on fields going whoosh whoosh in the wind. So today, I would like to introduce Jackie from Spintronics. Hello, hello. Hello. Welcome, and thank you for coming. Absolutely. I think you're the person with the biggest following that's coming on so far. Ooh, fancy, fancy. <laughs> Do you even keep track of all that stuff? Because I don't keep track of my TikTok followers, but... I mean, I, I do be, just because I have to for analytics and such and, and for sponsorships and things like that. So I didn't used to. I didn't used to care. Uh, but over time, like if it's something you actually want to make into your into your job, people are going to ask you questions and you have to be like, yeah, this is this is this is the actual like numbers uh, of what's going on. These are how many people have seen these things. And especially, like I said, with sponsorships, they always want to know well, how big is this reach going to be? If I pay you $1,000 to make a post for me, then, you know, who am I reaching out to and who am I going to see? So That's so cool. And excuse the train world, but that's so cool because I thought sponsorships like in the guard world was just like, hey, we'll give you a free rifle. <laughs> uh, they can be. most. In fact, most of like when you see sponsorships by our um, sponsorships of our teams, that's what those are is like, it's like an equipment sponsorship. Um, but it depends. Like sometimes it's a deal where they're like, okay, we're going to give you this much money and you're going to make this many ads for us. Uh, it just depends on the company and it depends on their, I guess, goals for reaching out to you and your goals for growing yourself as an instructor, as a performer and growing your social media too and your legitimacy, I guess. Yeah. That's the thing. You know the business end of like social media, like platforming, influencering. Would you call yourself an influencer? I not. I wouldn't necessarily call myself an influencer because I, I don't feel like I have that much of a following. I feel like that's that's like a whole other thing. You're, you're talking millions of people following influencers. I mm -hmm. would like to say more that I'm that I'm an educator. I'm a social media educator. I'm a color guard educator on social media and. There's not just gobs and gobs of people following me just to be like, oh my gosh, screaming fangirls. There's like people following me because they want to learn stuff and they actually have a vested interest in the community and they have a vested interest in what Color Guard is, basically. Mm -hmm. Although that doesn't stop them from fangirling out at your competitions. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, yeah. Because I saw that TikTok you posted. 
that's that's actually that's actually my favorite kind of fangirling. So if you saw the TikTok, was it the one about the uh, the the group that like screamed for us? Yes. Whenever we did, okay, so we just did a little push out, like just a tiny little push out. That's all it was. But it was like mm-hmm. the big. It was like leading into the big flag feature of our show, and the yeah. crowd went nuts to the point where our team couldn't even hear the music anymore. Uh, it was hilarious, and that's actually my favorite kind of fangirling because it's not about me and it's not for me. It's about the team. And like, they're the important ones. So if you're fangirling over the team, go for it. My thing, um, I I'm all about like, if you want to come up and say hi, if you want to say thanks for videos, like that's totally cool. What creeps me out though, mm-hmm. <laughs> is sometimes they will be like, there'll be like people like in the doorway, like looking and they're like, are you sure that's her? <laughs> yes, I'm sure it's her. She's wearing her Spintronics jacket. Like, like how do you, like, I don't know. It's, I don't know what they're actually saying. I'm just like, it's weird when you're like creepily just standing there staring. Like, It's okay. Come over and say hi. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I totally understand that. <laughs> because yeah, like you put yourself out there and you are very, very approachable. I think that's how we met actually is because I found out you were doing your guard talk show and I just like slid into the Spintronics DM. So I was like, Hey, I'll come on. Yeah, you were like, hey, so you need me. And I was like, yes, yes, I do. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> and now like a year later, it's been like a year now. It really has. And what a year it's been. It's been crazy. It's been crazy. Yeah. Our, um, you know, we started a podcast. It's uh, our podcast is our live streams. It's not like a, a fully, uh, I don't want to say developed, but like a fully produced podcast. It's mm-hmm. a, it's a podcast of our live streams and um, we're getting close we're almost at our 40th episode. And I was just like looking at that. I was like, how do we almost have 40 episodes already? It doesn't seem like it's been that long, but I guess it has. And what is your podcast called and where can people find it? You can find it most places that you have podcasts. We are on Spotify. We are on Apple uh, podcasts, Google. I mean, we're literally everywhere. Uh, it's widely distributed, but it's just called Spintronics Color Guard. And Spintronics with an X at the end. Um, and you can find us on basically anywhere you want to listen to podcasts. And if you're not a podcast listener, you can get on YouTube and you can watch videos of all of our live streams posted on YouTube. And if you watch the YouTube videos, you get to see the awesome star background. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, my my star background is really cute. It's like I, I normally make it really dark in, in my office. And then I have this bliss light that I turn on behind me and it, it puts blue stars. I marched blue stars drum and bugle corps when I was a performer. And so I, I kind of have this little bit of an obsession with blue stars. In fact, this like costume that's hanging up here, yeah. these were the blue stars color guard costumes, my age out year. Oh. Um, I didn't get to wear them because I broke my shoulder, my age oh. out year. Yep. That was something else. But anyway, I found them on a used color guard uh, equipment website and I was like hey can I buy a couple of these and they were like have that <laughs> Aw, no that's super cool and I love when you could track down the equipment oh this it's so fun yeah especially when you can like split up sets and such and be like just keep a flag for sentimental purposes or keep a costume for sentimental purposes or something mm-hmm. like that yep and sometimes you do just have to buy the whole set and then you just reuse them somewhere else 
Yep, this is true. But my 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 bliss bulb, it normally puts blue stars all over my background and, and it's cute and whatever. So it's a fun time. <laughs> but so everyone knows you as like the leading social media person for guard these days, at which is congratulations. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Every single because as people know me on TikTok as Lodestars Lagoon, like I didn't realize I was a guard TikTok, but I realized all my videos on my phone were me doing guard. So I became a guard TikTok. So I have that one video that everyone liked and everyone I see that likes, it's like mutuals with Spintronics. So <laughs> I think you're leading the way. Congratulations. I'm up there. I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm leading it. I'm definitely up there though. I think across all of our platforms, we're hedging at about uh, 105,000 followers, which I mean, that's, that's good. Like, don't get me wrong. That's huge. If 105,000 people came and stood in my yard and watched me spin right now, I'd be way more than overwhelmed. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, but like, I mean, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of people that are doing so much great stuff out there too. So, mm -hmm. but yeah, we have, we do have a pretty big TikTok following and I know we share a lot of mutuals. <laughs> yeah. But what some people don't know about you is that you've recently taken up gardening Oh, I have. Yes. Yes. I've taken <laughs> so up gardening. Can you talk to us about that and like what inspired you making that jump of all things in the world? Oh my gosh. Okay. So I, I, oh man. <laughs> so my gardening habit, I guess you could say is a new thing. And, um, as you probably know, I found out in January that I am pregnant. So I've kind of like taken a step back from a lot of my professional roles. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, when, when I was growing up, my mom was lucky enough that she had a job where she could work from home, which was basically unheard of in those days because that was like the internet wasn't even a thing yeah, yet. Like, but, where was the internet? <laughs> well, but uh, she, she did a lot of work on the computer and, and would like print out everything and send it in. So it was, it was great. Um, but my, my mom had a garden and, you know, we had like a little farm with like chickens and had a couple cows and two baby cows. <laughs> anyway, the, uh, I just kind of was like, you know, I kind of, I want to be like that. And I had, you know, I have a lot of really good childhood memories of stuff like that. And I, I want that for my kid too. So we, uh, so my husband helped me out and my dad helped me out a lot too. And we put together everything that I would need to garden. And now I have a cute little garden and I've got lots of strawberries and different vegetables. And I go out there and pick weeds. And today there's a bunch of butterflies in my garden. So it's very Ooh. peaceful. <laughs> and that was my next question actually is what do you grow in the garden? Cause the gardening community is so split between like flora and food. Yeah, that's that's a little bit of both. My so it's it's mainly food, but like I have some flora that are there specifically for um, like I have marigolds which help keep like bad bugs away and also attract butterflies, and mm. then I have lantanas which are like really nice butterfly bush type plants. And although a deer came along and like bit off all of the heads off of all my lantana flowers. So they're like struggling right now. Like I, I need to get my fence up to keep the deer out, but. Green soap apparently that. also works. I forgot what the comp what the brand is called, but throwing the bar of green soap out there. 
really dear. Apparently it's the smell. Like my neighbor is gonna be like look, looking at her security camera footage, and she's gonna see me running out throwing soap at deer, and she's gonna be like, "Are you okay?" <laughs> <laughs> no, you're just leaving it out there with the plants, and apparently when it rains, the, the smell or when they're near it, the smell—I don't know—something. Okay, I'll have to look that up, man. That sounds like a good thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what it's called. It was told to my parents once, and it worked. Because my parents are very split. My mom really likes the flowers. My dad randomly likes to grow tomatoes. And we don't know where he got the tomatoes of all things. And my mom's like, okay, we'll start growing these herbs for us too. So then he started doing that. Ooh, basil. Basil is one of my favorite things to grow. Mm-hmm. And it smells really good and it keeps the mosquitoes away. And uh, what I have one on my porch. Oh, it's I keep wanting to say cilantro, but it's not cilantro. It's uh, citronella. Ooh. Completely different things. I have a giant citronella plant on my porch that keeps the mosquitoes away. I just go over, like, anytime I want to go sit outside, I just go over and I, like, rustle it. I'm like, with my hands, and then it, like, smells really good, and all the mosquitoes stay away. It's great. Nice. Do you have (laughs) aloe? Yes. I actually, so, I okay, so I know aloe is hard to kill. I have killed a lot of aloe. (laughs) My house is really bad for succulents because it's very, very humid in here. Mm-hmm. There's so much moisture and uh, it like, so anytime I have cactuses or any kind of succulents, they just die in my house and you can't leave them outside all winter because it's too cold for them. So mm-hmm. succulents do not do well, but dry weather plants are, are I mean, uh, no, sorry. Like tropical plants are great. I have a tropical tree fern in my bathroom that just, everyone kept telling me, oh, you can't get one of those. You'll kill it in the first month. It is flourishing and it's been there for like two months. So <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, it's not me. It's the house, but it's fine. <laughs> but I'm also glad that you knew about the aloe is hard to kill because a lot of people don't know that. And then they're so surprised, but you know, your t- climate. That's what it is. <laughs> climate. Yes. Yep. Yep. Which is also <laughs> like my next question about this gardening stuff is, do you have to fight your soil? Because the soil over in Virginia where my parents are is very clay like, so nothing grows. We have a lot of rocks. <laughs> I actually just recently made a TikTok about that too. Like Missouri, what? So one of the things about Missouri, where I live, is we're the cave state. Um, oh. There's a lot of different nicknames for Missouri. Like the Show Me State is probably the, probably the most well-known one. Um, but we are the cave state also, and there's so many caves here. There are caves that run underneath that we could like we could like go down under my house, and we could get it wind up in like Branson, Missouri, which is like two hours away. So like there are so many caves, but it's because the ground is rock. And so the ground is rock. And so when water seeps in, it creates these caves. And Mm -hmm. so the ground is just rocks everywhere. Like everywhere, like you can go through, like I'll go through my yard and I'll pick up all the rocks out of the yard. And then my husband will mow and he'll still hit like eight rocks. And they just, they grow here. We, we used to actually make this joke <laughs> whenever we first moved down here. Everyone was like, well, what do you do? Because nobody really knew what my dad's job was because we just moved down here and, and we had been planning on moving down here for a long time. And uh, we got here and everyone's like, what do you do? What do you do? And he's like, well, I'm a rock farmer. And they're like, <laughs> this is not a good state to be a rock farmer because everybody's a rock farmer. <laughs> so is he actually a rock farmer? No. Oh, no. okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. He's an electrician. But... <laughs> Oh, so is my whole, like, mom's side of the family. Oh, my gosh, that's like, funny. Every single one of my uncles is. All my male cousins are. Uh, my grandpa was. And they, he taught, like, my dad when my dad married in. And my dad taught his brother. And everyone became electricians. 
That's hilarious. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, my dad's an electrician. He's done all the, I mean, he taught my brother and he and my brother have been doing a lot of work on my house. Um, basically we're trying to get the remodel done before the baby's born, mm -hmm. but it's been, we've been living here for, oh my gosh, it's June already, isn't it? June yes. 1st, June 1st was our six year anniversary of moving in. So we've lived here six years now and uh, we've basically remodeled one room every year we've been here. Okay. That's a good pace. It's been a slow, slow, slow remodel. But anyway, that's why my piano's in here. I have a piano sitting behind me randomly and everyone keeps asking me, Oh, do you play piano? And I'm like, not really. Just, I just <laughs> like to, I like to, I like to sit down and plink around and, and whatever on it. But the, uh, yeah, normally it's in my dining room and my dining room is currently being remodeled. So nice. And for those wondering, it's not a grand piano. Like no. one of those giant rich people ones. <laughs> no, no, no. This is like, um, it's like, I don't know, a $200 Yamaha electronic sit down and plink out something and then go on your way with your day. <laughs> Do your keys know. light up? No, no. Keys okay. don't even light up nothing. Like there's nothing that, like it has some tempo sounds and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I can like change the sound of it, make it sound more like a, I don't know, more like a grand piano or more like whatever, but it's, uh, it's pretty basic. <laughs> well, it's all good. And do you, have you ever learned like anything about like formally piano training or do you just like to tap? <laughs> yeah, no, I did. I did piano lessons when I was in school. So like when I was in elementary school, my, my, uh, my mom liked to play piano. She played piano for the church for a little while when she was mm -hmm. really young and then uh so she put me in piano lessons when i was little and i just i don't know i wasn't disciplined enough as a kid i think i had adhd or something mm -hmm. and uh <laughs> i just sort of i was just like okay cool i learned some things then i moved on with my life and i learned other things and they never pressured me like i had to stay with it for like the year or whatever that that i was in it and then like Later on, I got into more piano lessons for another year. And, and so I had piano like sporadically throughout my life. And I have Musician on my iPad. Have you ever heard of Musician? I've heard of it. I don't really know what it does. It's an editing app, right? No, it's a, it's a, it's a trait, like a, like a lessons app. And so you oh. learn, like you can take piano lessons, you can take guitar lessons and stuff. So I have that. And so I sit down and I like play on Musician and I'm like level seven on musician which is like yeah that's so high but then like i actually sit down without anything in front of me and i'm just like nope can't play <laughs> by the way they do not sponsor us but <laughs> hey there you go musician you need to sponsor this podcast <laughs> i would welcome it but as of right now don't sue me but so you said you went into other things so that leads greatly into my next question how did you get in the guard Oh, okay. So this is a fun story. Um, so my friend Anna did color guard in high school, like her freshman year. Mm -hmm. And then they didn't, they either didn't have a color guard or it interfered with cheerleading or something happened. And so she did color guard her freshman year and then didn't do it after that. And then her senior year, which was my sophomore year, she was like, they were like trying to bring the guard back and trying to get a bunch of people involved. And so she was like, Hey Jackie, you should come join guard. I'll teach you how to do some fun things. And so she taught me how to do drop spins and taught me how to do like angles and stuff. And then I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. And I joined color guard. And then I like 
I ran with it. <laughs> is that not the story of almost everyone though? It's either that or my mom did it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. A lot of times it's like family stuff. No, it's funny. Cause like my mom, my mom played piano and my mom, so she was a little bit musical. It didn't like, a, it didn't like take over her life though. You know, uh, she was mm -hmm. actually an engineer. Um, oh. and yeah, she, uh, so she, that was just like her hobby. Like music was her hobby. And so she was kind of musical. And then my dad was like, absolutely not musical whatsoever. So for us, for all of us, like kids, he kept encouraging us to like play sports and stuff, which we did a little bit. Like I played tennis and soccer and whatever. Um, my brothers played like football and soccer and I don't know. We played a bunch of different sports, but uh, they got like swim team or whatever. And they like, we did some sports, but then we all also joined band at some point or other. Mm -hmm. And my dad was just like mind blown. He's like, what? Why does everybody want to be in band? That's so weird for him. I mean, he was supportive of it. He didn't, you know, he didn't discourage us or anything, but it was just really funny because, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you come from a musical family and birth order wise, are you like oldest, middle, young? Uh, I'm the oldest. Okay. So you I'm the oldest, the And this is the first grandbaby. So, oh, woo. <laughs> Look at you leading the way. Were you the first one to join band of your siblings then? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And did you join with guard? Yeah, I joined with guard. So like the only thing I've ever played really is piano. I never played any other instruments. Um, and that was kind of a weird thing at our school because it used to be like to be in the guard, you had to be in band first. That's what it was. That's why Anna had that whole situation. But like to be in guard, you had to be in band first and then, mm -hmm. That way you could be in the band in the off season because we didn't have a winter guard until my senior year. So yeah, my senior year, they were like, okay, you can be in guard even though you're not in band. But then they had a winter guard, so it was fine. If that rule was everywhere though, because I know a lot of schools have that rule, guard would be like a third of what it is today. Oh yeah, oh yeah, you're not even kidding. I, I've worked with a lot of schools that actually still hold that rule. And, and I would say there's still schools that are they're still doing things the way that things were done when they were in like the eighties or something. And no, it does not need to be done that way. Uh, and it's, it's a great idea because I understand that the band director, like if the band director is there and he doesn't have a color guard instructor there all the time and you have kids in the guard, in the band class that are just guard members, I get it. Like you don't know what to do with them. You just let them go sit in the back corner and chill out, whatever. But like, that's why things like Spintronics exist because then you can be like, okay, you guys that don't play an instrument when the marching band season is over, you need to be like learning things from Spintronics. You need to be going and using these resources and improving yourselves as performers. And like, maybe they need to be working on the recruitment plan for the next season. Maybe they need to be working on, you know, the fundraising plan, like they can be working on those kind of things that'll help them get ready for guard. There are a lot of people who do not play musical instruments who are really good at color guard. So, yep. <laughs> no, and so up by you, guard is included in band class. Yeah, most schools. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, down by me? No, it's not. No. It is yeah. literally just an extra credit after school activity while all your fellow musicians are there scared out of their minds because their grade's going to get affected. <laughs> yep. Because it's like if I do anything here and I have to go to like concert band tomorrow <laughs> and face everyone again. But like guard, like 
recruitment methods and all that. Like, great idea. But that leads into another question. What is the funniest recruitment plan you've ever heard? The funniest recruitment plan? Oh, I don't know. Or just one that stands out. Oh, uh, I've seen I've seen a lot of really poor ones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm I just want to tell this up front. Guard people don't care to read a lot. And so a lot of times like recruitment plans that include a a, a giant poster that's just all text, they're gonna uh, be like bye. Mm-hmm. And so that that's like that's always been strange to me. Um, when we recruited for the middle school guard this year, it was like, it was just like a giant silhouette of a person holding a flag and then like a giant silhouette of a person with a rifle. And we like made sure one was a boy and one was a girl, like very clearly. So the kids would know, like, it's not yeah. a gender activity. Um, and then like very few words. It was like color guard, if you're interested, date and time, the end. Like there was, there was so little, like it was just this giant picture and you want it to be colorful and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, that was like, that's like, that's probably the best way to go about it is to get their attention with something that's not super wordy. And I think that's, that's, what's funny to me is when people like post these giant, like in social media posts too, like social media posts are great but if you're trying to get middle schoolers, middle schoolers probably are not on social media for the most part. Like there are some, mm-hmm. but I think I think parents are becoming more and more social media conscious and not allowing that as much as they used to. And I think it's because people that use social media are becoming parents. Also true. Also true. <laughs> yeah, but you are totally right about that. The reason why I asked that is because the funniest one I've heard is one of the guards I actually worked with, they would stand outside dance team tryouts on the day they announced the dance team. And they would hand out flyers to like all the people that looked semi-sad. But we've had some of the best people join because of that. Yeah, yeah. And the dance coaches didn't mind. They were like, oh no, please be involved in something in school. Use your gifts elsewhere. Just because you didn't make... Also, like that school, their dance team was like top 10 in the nation when they went to nationals too. So it was like super competitive. They also did it for cheerleading too, but I don't think anyone from cheerleading ever joined. We've had, I'm actually around here, cheerleading and color guard has been very um, mixed with each other. I am really actually pr- very proud of the way that, uh, in fact, we, one of the schools I work for, their cheer captain was their drum major for like Ooh. two or three years. Yeah. And, and, uh, and she even came and did some stuff with the color guard and, and what have you. So like, I'm actually really proud of the the like working together that the cheer teams and the dance teams and the color guards do here because I know in a lot of places it's not like that and mm-hmm. and I, I it should be it should be a lot of the stuff we do is so similar but we tend to allow the dis- the differences and the discrepancies to define us more than we do the similarities and that's where it starts to become problematic. I completely agree because even when I was in high school you know, guards would always be like, oh, they're the cheerleaders. I'm like, our cheerleaders are the nicest people. The cheerleaders are nicer than we are. Like, let's recognize that for a second. Yeah. Yeah. And then our dance team was super amazing too. And then they were, the other thing is half the guard, we didn't have winner. So everyone did show choir. And I was like, all of you are in show choir with all these other people too. Because cheer season is during the fall with us. So they don't have anything to do in winter. So they do show choir. Dance team is like one Saturday a month. 
So they're in show choir too. Like you're friends with all these people. We had such a good dance team when I was in high school and I ended up getting discouraged. My So my freshman year, we moved, we moved to Missouri basically like my eighth grade freshman year, right? my eighth mm-hmm. grade year. And I changed schools my freshman year and my freshman year, I like they were doing, I, I was determined that I was going to get involved with dance because I wanted to dance somehow. And when they said like on club day or whatever, they were like, okay, anybody who's interested in dancing, like being on dance team, come do it. And the girl I was sitting next to, like I started to stand up to go to this club day thing for dance mm-hmm. team. This girl I was sitting next to, she goes, Ugh, trust me, you don't want to be on the dance team with those girls. And I was just like, oh, shoot, what kind of girls are they? And I literally sat my butt back down and never once for the rest of my high school career considered doing dance team. And I'm just like, why? Why did I do that to myself? Like, I would have freaking loved it so much. And there's so many people who were like on the dance team who I'm like, like later on, I semi became friends with them. We weren't as close as we probably would have been if we were on dance team together. Mm-hmm. But like they were so nice and everything was so great. And though that particular girl who like discouraged me, I I don't think we were friends beyond like the first two weeks of me being at school. <laughs> yeah. So Typical. don't let people like that ruin your dreams. If you want to do it, go do it. Forget what anybody else says. Yes. And so many other things along that line. Yeah, I cannot emphasize that enough. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. Especially when we're young, we tend to let other people's opinions like channel and force what we're going to do versus just doing what we want to do. And and that's it's so dumb. Sometimes being a try hard edgelord come, works in your favor, people. <laughs> when you just want to spite everyone. Not saying always be spiteful, but sometimes spite's a good motivator. <laughs> So we figured out how you got in the guard, but how did Spintronics come to be? So like I mentioned before, I broke my shoulder, my age out year of drum corps and mm-hmm. um, could not march. So I spent a lot of time. I, I lived by myself at that time too. And so I spent a lot of alone time just being sad. Um, I really think that was probably the first time in my life I ever actually experienced depression symptoms which is crazy because whole other story my mom died when i was really young so like whole other thing there but beside that i i really like started to actually feel depression symptoms when i was living by myself and i was sad because i couldn't do drum corps and i was like here's the thing there are a lot of kids in the area where i'm from who are just never going to get exposed to this to like this whole world that i've had to like expose myself to um, I had to work really hard. I had to drive really far. Like the closest drum corps that I could go to was four hours away. Mm. And yeah. And then I marched Blue Stars, which was 15 hours away. Oh. Yeah. So it was it was really rough. Like you really had to put a lot of effort into it if you wanted to do Color Guard and, and educate yourself. And so I was like, well, what if I took what I already knew and I put that here? And um, I just kind of threw together a weekend camp and called up some schools and told them it was happening. And I had some schools come and then a school from Memphis heard about it. And so we ended up having a school from Memphis, which is like four hours away. They came up for the, this camp and it was just like, wow, this is crazy. So we had this, we ended up having this huge camp 
And um, I called up some of my friends who I'd marched drum corps with and they came to help teach it. And yeah, it was just a big hit. And then we did it a couple more years. And then I was talking to, uh, oh my gosh, who was I talking to? I was talking to Derek from Interplay, you know, Interplay Winter Guard in Michigan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I was talking to Derek from Interplay and he was like, you have all these kids coming up for a camp. Why can't you have a Winter Guard? Why can't you have like a competition team? And so that's what we did was have a competition team. Uh-huh. That's so interesting. Yeah, it, it just came out like really well. And then the, uh, the, you know, the competition team, we had all these kids come out for it and had a good time with that. And then we ended up like just running with that. And after a couple of years, you know, I kept trying to like teach in the off season. And that's where the YouTube channel came in. Cause it was like, I'm trying to teach these kids stuff in the off season. They're not coming to, they're not going to come to a bunch of off season camps. You know, mm -hmm. um, I think it was 2013. We had free rifle clinics. And so I would do rifle clinics for, for kids in the area. Anyone who lived within like however far they could come for free. And I would teach them how to spin rifle. And we had, a handful of kids coming to those. And so I said, well, what if I had online videos that were free? And then that's when, that's actually when stuff started taking off online. I was in 2014. I started watching Casey Neistat on YouTube. And then, uh, not that he's sponsoring this podcast either. <laughs> <laughs> but I started watching Casey Neistat on YouTube and I, uh, his stuff was so good and his philosophy was just post every day. That was literally just the basic philosophy. And I said, well, what if I posted a guard video every day? And so I did that for two summers and I was like teaching drum corps at the same time. So that was really hard. I was also working on my second master's degree at the same time. So I was exhausted all the time and I don't know how I made all that work, but somehow I did. And uh, that's when things really started to take off for us was posting every day. Isn't that how it always works? It's the moment you are investing so much of your time into so many different things is when success blossoms or things really go into overdrive. Yes. Yes, it's true. It's true. It really just, it's, it's either a feast or a famine. That's all. That's all that is about that. <laughs> That's a great way to say it, actually. So how did you come up with the name Spintronics? Oh, I came up with the name Spintronics because I was failing my chemistry class in college, <laughs> <laughs> which is hilarious because I'm actually a certified chemistry teacher now, and I'm actually pretty good at chemistry. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, it was, I was taking chemistry too, and I had let myself get distracted. Imagine that a college student getting distracted um, by a boy, of course. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of encouragement to do naughty things like skip class and go eat lunch for like two or three hours every day instead of going to chemistry class. And uh, I don't know, for some reason that reminded me of home a lot because all the old timers would go down to the cafe and oh. sit there from like 10 a.m. until two in the afternoon just whiling the day away. Anyway, uh, yeah, so I didn't go to chemistry class very much that, that year, and I, I was not doing well in that class, and 
it came down to the end of the semester and the teacher said, okay, look, I have these bonus papers that you can write. And for each paper that you write, you could earn potentially, you know, another letter grade, like up to another letter grade higher. And I was like, well, I had a high F. And so I was like, okay, there were like five topics you could choose from to write your paper over. And I was like, well, he didn't say we couldn't write more than one paper. And I'm just going to tell you right now, I'm really good at writing papers, or I was mm -hmm. at the time. So I was like, I'm just going to write a paper on all five topics. And uh, I pulled off a C plus. <laughs> was it one <laughs> about all five or five individual ones? It was five individual papers, one for each topic. And uh, one of the topics was a topic called Spintronics. It was spelled with a CS at the end, the X came later. Um, but it was something called Spintronics and Spintronics is like a technology that actually makes it possible for you to store information on smaller and smaller devices. At the time, like iPods, iPod, like click wheel iPods were such a huge thing. And like click they were going, <laughs> I mean, the iPod classic. Um, and so like a lot of the examples that I ended up referencing in my Spintronics paper was talking about how they were able to take the iPod Classic and like go down into like an iPod Mini and an iPod Nano and get even more storage, even though it was a, a smaller physical device. It was because of Spintronics and it's it's the way that electrons spin and so on. Um, but yeah, so I wrote this paper and the whole time I was not thinking about iPods. I was thinking, man, this would be a cool name for a color guard. <laughs> <laughs> but it was. It was. It was definitely a cool name for a color card. <laughs> and it is. It really is. And we did our first camp under the name Spintronics with a CS. And our very first uh, business incorporation was Spintronics with a CS. And then at camp, it was at the first camp, um, we were like, the students were like signing thank you cards and stuff. And one of them was like, wrote it, wrote Spintronics with an X at the end. She just was trying mm -hmm. to be cool or whatever. And she made it like, she wrote Spintron and then like made the X like fancy and crazy. And I was just like, that's a good idea. Why doesn't it have an X? And that's, and then we changed it the very first year. So it was awesome. <laughs> that is such a good story. <laughs> Do you remember Impact? Like the Winter Guard back in the, like a 10-ish year, 15 years ago? It was like Impact. I think they won Worlds or something once. I have heard of I heard the name and I'm sure I've seen them. Yeah, they found their name because of copying paper, and like the copy like brand was Impact, and they were just trying to figure out a name and they were like, oh, that works. While they were yeah, because it was sitting next to them. That's hilarious. But yeah, names can come from the most crazy, crazy places. People like, they are, and and like there's so much meaning packed into it, into different like names of, of different organizations and and i think knowing the origin story is just it's just super fun like for example reframe is a group of panelists that are devoted to providing diverse entertaining and informative programs for any type of venue our mission is to deliver exceptional and thought-provoking panels that will expand attendees views from a fresh new perspective they have expertise in media literacy mental health fine and performing arts like art Library science, public policy, geek culture, and more. Find out more at reframecons.wordpress.com. So the reason why I plugged that in is because of how it was named. 
because so I was the founder of the group and we do like convention speaks or talks at conventions, panels, whatever convention speaks works. But so reframe is a therapy term about like flipping your perspective on the same issue, like looking at it from a different angle. But I was so sick of hearing it. <laughs> I would always make fun of it like outside to my friends and they're like, why don't you just call it a reframe? Cause we're changing the way people think about things while we talk to them. I'm like, you know what? Fine, whatever, it's reframe. And I was like, it's easy to spell. <laughs> we're going with it. So yeah, that is what, that is one thing people are like, Spintronics, how do I spell that? <laughs> because I'll be honest, when I heard of Spintronics, I was trying to think, I was like, how did you name this? And all I thought was like spinning like guard, Tron, like the movie, and IX, like the Winx Club, because everything in the Winx Club <laughs> ends in IX. <laughs> and also, you have the, the one of the best color schemes, which is kind of what, like, the pod, this podcast is kind of similar color schemes to you. <laughs> I think my, like, hues got off. But, like, no, turquoise is my favorite color. So nice. how did you choose the color schemes? So this is this is a really dumb story, actually. Um, <laughs> I was on the phone. I was on the phone with my friend Kelly, not my sister Kelly, totally different person. Uh, mm -hmm. But I I was on the phone with her, and I said, you know, I'm planning this color guard camp, and we need a like I'm going to order shirts. What color shirts should I order? And she was like, okay, I want you to get up, but I want to go to your to your closet right now, which is rainbow color coordinated, because I know that's how you do your closet. And I was like, okay, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> and she was like, I want you to look at all your shirts and see what color is missing. And so I did, I went to my closet and like all my t-shirts were all lined up. Cause, cause when you're in college, you hang up your t-shirts. I don't like what, but I mean, anyways, what else are you them? I'm right. <laughs> so I had all my t-shirts hung up and they were all in, it's like, it's like, here's my pink ones and my red ones and my orange ones. And I had all my, them all lined up. And uh, the only color I didn't have was teal. So that was like, that's what color it became was was teal. And like later on when we filed all our paperwork, I, I was asked to like define the hex code or whatever for our what? official color. Yeah. So our hex code is 00808080. So I was like, that's an easy one to remember. And and it's that's Spintronic Steel. So that hex code is officially legally Spintronic Steel. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Look at that. You have a copyrighted color and everything yes. for a color guard. You know, yes. <laughs> it it fits very well, actually. <laughs> you have like legal guard over this color. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> so I know we all know Spintronics is an independent guard. One of the biggest questions I've always had is, where do you store everything? We're very, very blessed. We're very, very blessed. We're very, very lucky. Um, we have a warehouse that it was basically an abandoned warehouse. It was a factory in the 1970s and 80s. And uh, they, uh, they moved out. They moved their company to Mexico. And basically, it was one of the biggest employers in this town. Mm -hmm. um, and then the I ended up I, I the house that I live in is actually like buy it. <laughs> so we uh, basically we noticed this is that this is this big empty warehouse, and they do rent the um, they do rent a lot of it for storage. And so there's like different companies that store stuff there, and there's a lot of shelving and such. But there are these offices that just don't get used. Mm -hmm. And so 
uh, I came up with a proposal to the owner and I was like, hey, can we use these, the, 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 like this part of your building of your warehouse. And at the time we were actually practicing at the warehouse too. They, they, he let us use practice space and um, we can't do that anymore. Oh. But well, we just, they, there was like all kinds of stuff happened. And there's uh, like the companies that were renting storage space, wanted more storage space. And they like offered to pay like three times as much for our space specifically. Oh. So the owner was like, um, you're going to have to find somewhere else to practice. I'm so sorry. But anyways, I mean, it all, it all worked out good because the school has been awesome about letting us practice at the school. Uh, yeah, but, but all of those office rooms are like ours. And so we have like a storage room where all of our equipment is. We have like all these floor tarps that are just stacked up on carts. Um, and then one of the really cool things about our team that a lot of people don't understand is we actually also sleep there. So there's, there's bunk beds in the rooms. And so Ooh. like, like everybody has their own bunk for the season. So when you're on the team, you get to come and you get to sleep over and uh, you know, of course everybody's split up by, you know, you're split up by like gender, you're split up by age, you're split up. Like you're not, you're not going to have like a 16 year old girl, and a 16 year old boy sleeping in the same room or something mm -hmm. like that. But like, you know, I've, we have these little rooms and there's bunk beds in each room and they, and the kids get to come every weekend. So people who travel from really far can come and, and they sleep over for the weekend for rehearsal. And then, they get to go home afterwards. Wow. I didn't know that, but the uh, bunk beds are the most fun thing on earth too. <laughs> How True. often do you Unless... people fight about the top bunk versus bottom bunk? Um, it depends. Like the year. So like, if there's not a lot of people on the team, like, like the last couple of years, like last year we had 12 and the year before we had 10, there wasn't a lot of squabbling because there's enough bunks that everybody can have a bottom bunk or a top bunk if they wanted to, whatever they wanted. Um, in 2019, we had 21 people on the team, mm -hmm. and we ended up having one person sleep. We put a bed up in the kitchen. <laughs> we put a little divider around it and so he could sleep in the kitchen, and, like, every bed was filled, and uh, there was some squabbling at that point, but mostly, like, the veteran members know, and so they're, like, looking around and they're talking to people beforehand before beds even get chosen to talk to people and be like, okay, I know that I want a top bunk. So I'm going to find a partner who wants a bottom bunk and we're going to go claim a bunk together. Mm -hmm. So yeah, they usually know. <laughs> That's such a cool logistical thing. I never would have thought about like not even just like picking the books, but you have them. You you have like a whole facility. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty neat. Spintronics is more than you ever thought, people. <laughs> Has that ever been seen on the TikToks? Um, actually, yes. We've done a couple of videos of our, our bunks and stuff. In fact, at the end of the season this year, we did one that was... Um, oh, I don't remember what this... It was an Eminem song. Oh, Feels So Empty Without Me. That's what it was, Without Me. And uh, I basically like walked down the hall and I looked into the room where all the beds were like stripped and everybody's stuff was gone. And then, like, I turned all the way around, and like, the kids were standing behind me, and they were like, "Feel so empty without me." And I was like, "Oh, it's so sad. They're moving out because it was like move out weekend from the end of the season." And then people were like, "Wait a minute, 
move out what you live there and it's funny because like people who watch our vlogs if they watch our vlogs on youtube they know already mm -hmm. but if they watch like our, if they just come in as at, with the TikTok or just come in with the instagram they don't necessarily know and uh sometimes i'll post like videos of me or, or posts about i don't know washing sheets or something and they're like what do you need sheets for like well i need sheets I have for the beds that. <laughs> i was like oh it's this new prop i guess they're using <laughs> why do some of them have lion king on them and some have barbie none of those sheets match <laughs> so you have laundry there um no i take it to my house and do it okay but yeah I'll, I'll make posts about doing laundry or something and people are always like why are you washing sheets i'm like well the sheets are for the bunk beds um the bunk beds are for the performers and uh yes the performers sleep over on the weekends <laughs> nice Oh, wow. Stuff I never thought I would learn. <laughs> okay, so you also have an amazing staff that you're always hyping on media, social media. Yeah. And it's grown over time. Care to give them, like, a shout-out of your own? Oh, my gosh. We have so many staff. Um, yes. Well, first of all, my Winter Guard staff, because I love my Winter Guard staff. They're there every weekend, and they're working their tails off. Um, this year, our Winter Guard staff was... Megan, who is actually a Spintronics alumni, she performed with us for two years and then aged out. And then she's been back as a staff member for a while, four years, maybe. Mm -hmm. It's been a while. She aged out in 2017. Um, and then we have Ama, who was also a performer and aged. She she actually went on to college and performed with her college guard and then aged out there and then came back to Spintronics and and has been on, on and off our staff different seasons, whatever, depending on what her jobs are going on and things. Um, and then Adam. And then we have staff who like comes in and does design or does choreography or whatever. And this year we had uh, some of those staff was like Meredith, who was Meredith and I were actually roommates in college. Uh -huh. And she marched uh, Glassman back when Glassman existed um love 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 the glassman so much and uh anyway meredith and then justin who is our show designer he and i marched blue stars together and it's that's a whole other crazy story if you want to know about justin but uh and then uh this year we also new to our staff was uh brian pastor i actually so it's he's funny because like i actually found him on tiktok he had a, a fairly decent sized TikTok following. And I just remember watching his stuff and being like, why does he have so many followers? Because he kept posting very similar content, very consistent content. And I was like, why does he have so many followers? But then I found myself like sitting there watching all of his videos. And I was like, that's why he has so many followers. <laughs> like that's that's the trick. That's the secret. And uh it, and then and then found out later, like he actually is from Avidity Winter Guard in st louis which is not far with i say it's not far it's like four hours away from us but like he's he's up there and um i was like you know i bet i bet he would probably be interested if we were able to you know um have him come and do some choreography so he did he did our rifle choreography this year and excellent work so but yeah that that that's just the winter guard staff like there are so many so many people like we, we have winter guard staff we have camp staff a lot of times people will when they find out and they're like, oh yeah, you have this person on staff, you have that person on staff. I'm like, yes, like we have probably 30 to 40 people on our staff, like 
one year to the next, one season to the next, one camp to the next, whatever. We've had people like Angie Mayhew was on our staff last year. If you've heard of her, um, she and uh, like she did our saber classes for camp last year. We've had Hawken. Hawken has been on our staff for a very long time. And uh, he's from Florida. And he was actually the Drum Corps International World Champion Color Guard soloist. I don't know. He would be, probably be mad at me if I told you what year it was. But, it's all uh, good. We marched together at Blue Stars, so <laughs> you know about <laughs> you know about the about the year. Yeah, he, he aged, he's much younger than me though. <laughs> um, but yeah, we've had a lot of people. Uh, Robert Jordan was on our staff last year. Uh, Greg Burrell has been on our staff for a couple of years. Uh, Erica Plez just joined us this year. Oh my gosh, there's so many. There's so many people who are out there who are doing just fantastic things. And I'm always trying to find people who are out there already doing instructional stuff on, on social media for Color Guard and like try to get them involved so everybody so everybody sees everybody. Like that's one of the things about having such a big platform. I'm like, I don't like I didn't build this big platform just for me. I built it so people could learn. And that's what it's about. And now there are other people out there who are doing what I'm doing and they're not necessarily being seen. And so I want to elevate them and make them seen as well so that people can understand that this is what we do. <laughs> yeah. And that is the way to do it. Like people on here know, and that I did the certified geek therapy program and they're doing the same thing because they're relatively new. Like they started like, I think last August officially like full blown and they're constantly looking like there's so many people doing using like geek culture in therapy. Why should we be the only ones like competing? Like we could all work together. Right. Harmonious community. Build right. each other up. That's that's what it's all about is community and, and helping each other because there's there's too many things out there in the world that are all against us anyways. We should not be against each other. Yes. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> <laughs> but so on the lines of like social media, again, you as Spintronics were really around for the big jump from when Instagram was the place to be to TikTok. And that was not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I had no intentions of doing TikTok or joining TikTok. I actually don't have a Snapchat. Um, in fact, I get roasted for that often for not having a Snapchat. And I had no intentions of joining TikTok because I thought it was just another fad or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, I have to give credit to someone else for that. That was, uh, Elliot Cleveland, Dr. Cleveland from Marching Health. I met him at a, uh, at the WGI con and he was like, Oh, look at this. You have to get on TikTok." And then he had his friend Brandon there and Brandon was like, yes, you have to get on TikTok." And I was just like, okay, okay. I will get on TikTok. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and it paid off. So <laughs> yeah, I can't even remember if I found you on TikTok or Instagram. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't even think, I don't feel like we're that big on Instagram. We have 12,000 followers on Instagram. I, I follow a lot of guard accounts that have a lot more than us on Instagram, like a lot more. And so I don't feel like we're that big on Instagram versus like our YouTube. Our, we are the number one uh, most subscribed color guard YouTube channel. We're even, we have like 2000 more subscribers than WGI or something like that. So like, like we're, we are the number one color guard on YouTube, but like there are so many other color guard people who have so much more 
following on Instagram. And then there's a whole different group that has a bigger following on TikTok. And so it's kind of like, I don't know. I don't know. It's cool to me. I just, yeah. I want everybody to find each other. <laughs> Although I will say when you said that you were number one on YouTube, remember when Jennifer Lawrence got in a lot of heat for saying, ha, I beat Meryl when she won the award and she was just quoting the first wives club. My head was like, oh my God, you beat Irving. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. To be fair, to be fair, Irving way, way, way beat me at, see, he started on Vine. He didn't yep. start on YouTube. I started on YouTube. He started on Vine. Basically at the same time, mm -hmm. um, I didn't even realize how much he and I had in common with our experiences of being the first people to post on social media about Color Guard until I interviewed him and we talked. I actually like in the interview, like I almost started crying because he was talking about his experience of like all the hate that Color Guards got online in those days. It was so bad and it was coming from other Color Guard people. It was so, so bad. And it was like, how can you expect people to continue to post and continue to promote our activity if you're just going to get on there and hate on them? Um, I, I literally almost started crying in our interview because I was like, here's another person who is going through the same thing that I was going through. And we didn't even know we could be there for each other. You know, mm -hmm. we could have. We probably could have been there for each other. Um, but no, he his his initial growing, his initial following was on Vine. And then he was able to transfer that over to Instagram really well. And, and TikTok and everything else, of course. And then my initial following was on YouTube. And it's really hard to transfer a following from anywhere else on YouTube. I, I cannot tell you why. I don't understand it. It's really hard to transfer a following from these newer platforms to the older ones. Um, even though you know, like I know YouTube is gonna be around for a long time. Like yep. Google owns it. It's not going anywhere. TikTok, on the other hand, is a lot more up in the air of what's going on and who's doing what and all that sort of stuff. It has a lot of competition out there now. Snapchat isn't as popular as it once was. So I think, I don't know, as, as far as that sort of stuff goes, when Irving, Irving started his YouTube channel like way late in the game and he didn't amass that following, they didn't transfer over from Vine, they didn't transfer over from Instagram. So that was that was the big thing, I think was just timing. It always is. And we can't control it. But Irving, we as a community know who you are. We know you're, I think you're like on a mini break from guard, which is totally cool. We're still thinking about you, wishing you the best. Shout out to Irving, everyone. Punk rock Irving on Instagram. <laughs> yes, I love Irving. <laughs> yeah, we've chatted a few times where we never had like a full-blown conversation, but like his content was always the funniest. I loved it. Um, <laughs> so... What's the biggest difference do you think between an independent guard and one that's like just based out of a school? Oh my gosh. There's a lot actually. It's a whole different animal. When you're in an independent guard, um, there's so many more things you're responsible for that you are not responsible for with a school, uh, yes. with a school guard. Like you don't have to worry about insurance. You don't have to worry about transportation. You don't have to worry about um, yeah, permission to go places and stuff like that. You don't have to worry about your kid's age. Like that's all taking, like all of that is built into the school system. Uh, and then when you're an independent guard, you have to think of literally everything. You have to create your own budget. You have to figure out where the money's going to come from. You have to, you have to have your transportation. You have to have, and, and there's a lot of guards who just push that off on the members. They're like, okay, I'm not going to worry about transportation. Just get to the contest. Like, 
I'll see mm-hmm. you there. And it's like, like most at the time when we were starting, a lot of our kids were like high schoolers and younger high schoolers. And so it's like, we need transportation for these kids. Um, I ended up going and getting a bus driver license. Someone donated a bus to us. Wow. Which was huge. There's a video of me. I think it's on YouTube of me just like literally dancing in front of the bus. Cause I was so excited. We got a bus. Uh, <laughs> and you got a license. And then of course, and then I had to go get my, well, I, had, I went and got my bus driver license so I could drive it. And, uh, we call it our we call it our mobile Angelica unit because the building that we the building that we borrow is called Angelica, oh. uh, and so the bus is the mobile Angelica unit, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> so I drive a bus and as as crazy as all of that is like there's still so much to think about you have to think about insurance you got to make sure all your paperwork's turned in on time, and like at, at a school a lot of times all that stuff is taken care of for you, um, if you have problems with a kid you can like call their parents and be like, Hey, Susie hasn't been showing up for practice. And she keeps telling us that she's snowed in like, but everybody else is getting here. What's, what are you doing? What's going on? And the parents can be like, Oh, well, Susie's not home. She went out with her boyfriend or something, you know, and like, Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. You like when you're an independent guard, (laughs) you could do that. And the mom might be like, no, she's done with guard. She's done with you. Like it's, it's a totally different like attitude toward it, you know? Mentality. Yeah. Yes. Yes. The mentality is completely different. You really have to have kids that are dedicated to do it uh, in an independent situation because there's, you're not tied to any grades. You're not tied to any. um, I mean, there's no like school system way of dealing with those things. You can't just call the principal like the school support, like even right. though like high school isn't that much fun of a time for many people, but at least it's like <laughs> I, my teammates I see in the hallway and it's encouraging right. to go see them. Like you yep. don't have that. Yeah. And, and that's the other thing is like, these kids are really far away from each other too. So sometimes they'll like show up at practice on Friday night and they'll just be like, talking about their week. And it's like, I know you haven't seen each other for a week and you all had crazy weeks and you want to talk about it but we have to practice now. <laughs> yep. But yeah, I was, because I knew insurance would probably would have been the biggest thing. And transportation is actually hard in certain areas too. Like for me that we don't get transportation. It's always like someone get a parent, please. Yeah. And then, Oh, and then equipment. I can't even imagine. Can you fit your equipment on your bus? Yeah. Yeah. The equipment's fine. Like, well, and like getting the equipment initially was probably really hard. Um, we borrowed a lot our first two years. I want to say we borrowed a lot of stuff. And then there were a couple of winter guards in our circuit that folded mm-hmm. and they kind of saw what we were doing and they were like, okay, Spintronics is probably going to be around for a while. So when they folded, um, a lot of people don't realize when you dissolve a not-for-profit, you're not allowed to sell the things from the not-for-profit organization once you dissolve it. So like if you're, if you're thinking about dissolving a not-for-profit, and you want to get money back from your items, you need to sell those items first and then pay your, your employees or whatever. Anyway, these guards didn't necessarily know that. And so they dissolved their not-for-profit and they had all this equipment and they were like, we can't do anything with it. We have to donate it somewhere. So we wound up with like a whole bunch of flagpoles and rifles and floor tarps and stuff. Um, So we were, again, we were blessed it sucks that those other guards had to fold in order to fuel what we were doing, but uh, 
we were blessed in that regard. And so that made things a lot easier once we had the equipment and we didn't have to borrow anymore. And then, uh, yeah, like stuff like insurance and transportation costs and music licenses and stuff like that. Like you just have to put that in the budget and you have to work your budget around it and figure it out each year and, and know where your money is coming from. Because if you don't know where your money's coming from up front and you don't put it into your member fees, guess where it comes from? You. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I would I have been so lucky not to have to fight the music fight. Because music licensing confuses me so much. There's nowadays there's a lot more resources out there to learn from it. When I first started learning music licensing, there was nothing. Um, and I would ask people and be like, how do I do this? How do I do that? Uh talking a lot of band directors, especially band directors who've been around a while, they'll know. They know what's up. They know what you can and can't do. Um, because some part of their music ed degree is gonna be talking about music licensing. And that makes so sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I would, I, that was, I, I didn't think of that at first, but that was actually my lifesaver was to be able to go and talk to some different band directors about, um, about doing music licensing and how they do it. And then finding out what companies they license through and how they do it. And there's different stuff. Like you can get um, studio licenses and performance licenses and streaming licenses and all kinds of different ones. And like, depending on what songs you do, you can have, you know, different, things we did the song sign of the times uh we didn't do the harry styles version though we did the uh jasmine thompson and sabrina carpenter version back in 2018 mm -hmm. and the harry styles license was going to be like five grand and i was like looking and looking and i was like well what if we did what if we did this other version which our show was built around this main character who was a female anyways mm -hmm. and the Sabrina Carpenter, Jasmine Thompson version was sung by females. So it was like, well, this makes this song makes more sense being sung from a female. So let's use this one. And I want to say the license at the time, the streaming license was only like $500 versus like the $5,000 Harry Styles one. So I was like, Oh, let's do this. <laughs> so a yeah. lot of our like design choices and stuff like that were due to music. license. A lot of our music choices are due to music licensing. And then, um, this year we ended up choosing a no copyright song because I knew everything was going to be virtual. And so everything that was music licensing and uh, everything that was streaming based for music licensing, the prices skyrocketed. It was insane. Yeah. So we ended up using uh, copyright free music and it worked out really well for us. <laughs> it's like, yes, save some money there. I'm glad that you've been able to work it out. The method I've always used is, so I follow a lot of like instrumental YouTube channels and I'm like, oh, another small creator. Hey, you are in music and you probably actually know what marching band is. Yep. Can we just borrow your song? And they're like, oh, please do. I'm like, I will happily send you a video and see what art your art created for us. And usually it's like, oh, they're excited. We're excited and we're all happy families. Yes, yes. <laughs> Cross promoting I each other. That's actually that we had an experience like that with um, our 2019 show. So if you know who the singer Michael Tyler is, he's a country singer. Mm -hmm. um, he's he's a country singer, but he's actually in the country world. He's more well known for for having written songs. I want to ah. say he he most recently wrote a song. Like he's won like he's won like tons of awards for the music he's written for other people. I want to say 
uh, oh my, I don't really know country music, so I apologize. I'm sorry. I want to say he had one for Luke Bryan recently that he won. Don't quote me on that. I could be wrong. Anyways, uh, he won a huge award. He won, he's won a lot of huge awards. And, uh, but he's from Fayer, Missouri, which is like in our circuit. Like they're, they're one of the schools in our conference where oh. I live at and where I work at. And I was like, that's kind of crazy. He's from this small town near me. And we had wanted to do a show about being from Missouri, like about the fact that we are from Missouri because people keep asking where we're from. And uh, I was like, well, this is great because it's not only is it a Missouri native singer, but it's a Missouri native singer who's from an area close to us, another small town nearby us. And he's singing a song about Missouri. And literally the title is songs about Missouri. <laughs> uh, and it, it, it turned out really great for us. And I tried to contact him directly at first and that's, you can't do that. Um, <laughs> but I ended up getting in touch with his manager or publicist or somebody and like getting through that way. And, uh, and being able to use the music for, for our show that year that way. And it, it turned out to be such a great show. That's probably still one of my favorite shows we've ever done. I, I love, I love all of our storyline shows and everything, but like the songs about Missouri show, I feel like we put so much of our own hearts into the development of the show. Um, we painted the floor. The floor is these giant murals of Missouri scenery. And then we open them up throughout the show and then we pull them together. And when we pull them all together, they make the shape of the state of Missouri. And so we painted these by hand. Um, you know, the recording, we actually recorded over part of the song, the different kids saying what they loved about living in Missouri. And so it's like all these little things like that, that just kind of like go into it. And he ended up really liking it and sharing some of our stuff on social media too. So I was just like, yeah. <laughs> and apparently he wrote for Jason Aldean and, Derek Bentley. There you go, Derek Bentley. Record. I had to Google him and all that stuff. <laughs> but yeah, everyone, go check him out. He's not sponsoring us either. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, Although but, he did help us out a lot at Spintronics, so <laughs> yes. So let's support him as well. So is that how the TikTok tr like trend? I don't know if you call it a trend series. That's what we call it for you with like all the states come about. You think maybe. Um, no, that, okay, that's separate. So the state series, the state series was really funny because there was someone who got on our, our TikTok and it was somebody who, I don't know if she's just not involved with Color Guard or she's really young and just starting out in Color Guard or what the situation is there. But she saw one of our Color Guard TikToks and she was like, Color Guard is so cool. Too bad we don't have it here in California. What? And I was just like, I was like, excuse me? Like, do you have any idea how many guards there are? Like, California is like one of the giant guard states. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'm going to make a TikTok and I'm going to respond to this. And I'm going to show her all these different guards in California. And so that's what I did was I was like, okay. And I just went through, boom, 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 all these different guards from California. And then uh, somebody got on there and they were like, I don't even remember what state was next. It was ridiculous. But they just got on and they were like, hey, what about this other state? And so I was like, you know what? I'll just do a video on their state too. Some of the states I really had to do my research, like somebody requested Alaska. 
Oh. I think I found four or five. And it, a lot of times it's not hard to find the names of groups. What it's hard to find is like pictures and knowing they're the right pictures, they're labeled correctly or whatever. Um, there was one from Adair. And I want to say the picture was a photograph of someone from Adair, Kentucky. And then, <laughs> but it turned out, but it was labeled as being from Adair, Oklahoma. So, and I'm just Googling these things. I'm not, mm -hmm. I'm not like, there's no database for this stuff. So I'm just Googling these things or looking them up on WGI if I can, um, which by the way, go to update your WGI profiles. If you have a team at all, go to WGI and please update your profile, put a link to your Facebook page, put a link to your Instagram, put a link to your website, whatever you have. But anyways, <laughs> uh, so I would Google, I would I'd Google them. I'd look them up on WGI and I have to find pictures that went with them. Anyway, the state was wrong. And the person who's actually in the picture her friend saw it and sent it to her and she messaged me and was like, Hey, so you, I, you said I was from Oklahoma. I'm actually from Kansas. And this is like, and she explained, I was just like, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm sorry. That's, that's just how it goes sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> like I didn't mean to, I didn't mean for it to be messed up, but yeah. So, so sometimes my research was wrong, even though that's what it said where I found it. And, uh, but yeah, those those are really fun to make. Actually, I have several more requests for them. So maybe I should go do some more. I was like, did you ever do Virginia? I don't think so. Oh. I can't remember doing Virginia. I don't know okay. that I did. Because there are guards here that are, I think it makes it easy. Er, okay. Because you have JMU, James Madison University. I didn't. I nuance. haven't done Virginia because I know they're from Virginia. Yeah. George so. Mason. Nice. Yes. Yes. I, that's where I spun. George Yay! Yeah. It was before they got to Worlds, people. Don't be too impressed. But I had a fun time. And in <laughs> fact, my coach from George Mason is coming on in a few episodes. Ooh, yay! Because he has done the world. Guillaume Eek? I actually don't know how to say his name. We called him Giz. But <laughs> he moved down to Texas and is with those big wigs now. Nice. But yeah. So I will be on the lookout for Virginia. Not that I'm trying to create more work for you. Because <laughs> as you can hear people, TikToks are hard. Yeah, they take a lot of work. Like, and like I said, I do a lot of research for those states ones. Like, Alaska was tough. I, I had a, a hard time with that one. But, oh, uh, the, another one was North Dakota, I think. Somebody asked for North Dakota. I think I did that one. And I was just like, why am I pick, Why am I doing all these challenging ones, y'all? Just ask for easy ones. Like, Virginia. I'll do Virginia. <laughs> uh. I should send you pictures of when I was in it. There you go. Just send me, everybody send me pictures. Tell me what state, tell me what group. And then, uh, well, I'll make some TikToks. <laughs> I will send you some of the most unflattering photos they got of me, but I think they're the best. Yes. Unflattering ones really are the best. I think they're fun. Why should we be ashamed people? It's memories and it was only a moment in time. This is true. All right. So you also mentioned earlier that you were a teacher, a chemistry teacher or like chemistry. You're, you're big in chemistry, but okay. <laughs> so what specializations and topics are you in teaching? How did you decide to become a teacher coming from engineering and electricians? Oh my gosh. And so no. Okay. So I actually wanted to be a veterinarian and uh, I was, I, when I graduated high school, I had a veterinary assistant certification and 
I worked my way through college as a veterinary assistant and also got my tech license and I was a veterinary technician in college. Mm -hmm. um, I actually made more money with a with no bachelor's degree as a veterinary technician than I did when I started working my full time teaching job. So mm. think about that. Um, but uh, I applied to veterinary school when I was in my last two years of college and I got put on the waiting list three years in a row. So yeah, they, and they were like, they're like, Oh, we, we would love to have you, but we have too many applicants or whatever. And, and like, you're just didn't quite make the cut. So I was like, well, okay, I guess I'm gonna have to figure something else out. And literally the something else I could have done was that I could have been a veterinary technician. I could have continued working as a veterinary technician and I could have been just fine. And, and, um, but I really, I, I really, by that point had been bitten by the color guard bug pretty hard and I wanted to teach mm -hmm. um, because I wanted to have a schedule that would work with color guard. So I had a bachelor's degree in animal science and uh, with minors in biology and chemistry. And I went and got my master's degree in education. Your and then- one. My first one. Yeah, my first one was in education. And then uh, I got my first teaching job and I had to teach all high school sciences because it was a very small school. Oh. And yeah, that was, it was rough. Honestly, <laughs> I look back and I go, I don't know how I survived that because I'm exhausted just thinking about it. I had, I had, there were eight class periods per day. I had seven different classes I taught every day. Oh. And the, that one eighth class was my, my planning period. Um, and then I worked and, and while I was doing that, I was working on my second master's degree and my second master's degree is actually in biomedical science. Uh, oh. yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't an easy degree to be working on at the same time while I'm teaching full time. Um, but I am a professor of biology and I teach night classes at the college. Well, right now I'm on hiatus from from all of my teaching because I'm going to have a baby, but, uh, but yeah, I've been teaching, I've been a professor for the last four years and also teaching high school biology and dual credit classes and anatomy and things like that. So have you ever had high school students in your college classes? Like the yeah. same kids, like once they, yeah, sometimes. So like, it's funny because, um, because my high school classes are actually, because I'm a professor, they're actually dual credit classes. Ah. So if you take, if you take the right, and now I have like, I have like a normal high school class and then I have like a dual credit. So mm -hmm. if you take the dual credit version of the class, like you're actually doing the college work yeah, and you can take that class without actually getting the college credit, which I don't know why students do that because why? like you might as well just pay the money and take, get the college credit at the same time. Um, <laughs> and a couple of times I've had students who actually took my college class in high school, didn't pay for the credit. And then they went to college and they took my class again <laughs> and they're like, Oh, hi, it's you. And I'm like, yeah, it's literally me. Like, this is going to be the same class. Why are you but like, it's the same class, but it's less independent assistance from me. So why are you, why didn't you just get, get the credit when you're done with it? But I will say all of those kids have done really well and gotten good grades because they remember everything from, the first time they took the class. <laughs> well, good on them. But also, people, get the credit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just pay for the college credit while you're in high school. You might as well. 
it's it's like half price when you do it in, in high school versus mm-hmm. when you do it in college. And be serious when you take it, because this is the thing I always have to say as a school counselor. When you take your dual credit classes, if you do not take it seriously and you tank it, it affects your FAFSA and it affects yep. your financial aid. So please take it seriously if you're going to do it. And if you're going to do it, get the credit. <laughs> yep. So. Yeah. But that's, yeah, that's, that's like where all of that came from is like, that was my, my childhood dream. I, I say it was my childhood dream. A lot of people's childhood dreams is to be a veterinarian. And there's a lot of people who immediately like, like they get out of high school and they go, Oh, veterinary school is hard. And that was not me. I was literally working all my way through it. I was literally working in the field for seven years and it was, that was definitely my dream. And, and it, I just, it never manifested. It never happened. It wasn't meant to be. Guilty because I used to want to be a veterinarian until I hit fourth <laughs> grade. And I realized, Oh my God, I'm going to have to operate on animals. I'm going to have to cut them up. I'm so squeamish. And I think biology is kind of like personally the grossest thing ever. So I was like, why am I doing this? <laughs> yeah, you were like, I just wanted to pet them and play with them all day. <laughs> yeah, and that was also around the time where I started to not feel that way too. And I was like, there is nothing here for me. And that's when I was like, you know what's also interesting? Therapy. <laughs> and this that's when I made true. the hop. And look at all of us achieving dreams. <laughs> so we got through all the preliminary questions. And now we're at the one I'm the most excited about. So, yeah, tell us about performing in the Rio Olympics, because you mention it, and you're always like, oh, it's just a casual drop, and then the next TikTok is about, like, how to do drop spins. Oh, there's no, I was going to pull out a prop for this, but you don't, you're not doing video, you're just doing audio, I forgot, I have a prop, dang it. okay, one day. I can show, I can show it to you, how about that? Yeah. And I'll describe it in my best abilities, everyone. As I like throw everything on the floor here because it's over here. You know, I can kind of see it because there's like a mirror behind you. Oh, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) So I saw you do it. That's all I saw. I didn't see the prop yet. Okay, first of all, there's this. (gasps) A medal. Right? It's like my real gold medal. That thing's huge. I can even bite it. I won't actually bite it because I did that once and I put a dent in it. Oh, no. But like this gold (laughs) medal is about the size of a fist. (laughs) Everyone. Like, yeah. (laughs) Yes. It's huge. Um, So, yeah. And then this is the this is the hat that I wore. It was hot glued together. And for some reason, like right afterwards, I accidentally ripped them apart. I don't know what happened. But so there's this hat. Mm -hmm. And then this hat goes over it. Like this. Oh. Stylish, so, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so, is yeah, that not so, the most like dance performing arts thing ever? We hot glued it and the second we were off. <laughs> we just, like I went, well, I think I was trying to take it off and I just was like rip and then like they came apart and I was like, well, I have two hats now. <laughs> <laughs> so if you watch the Rio Olympics opening ceremonies, I was one of the arrow people. I was an arrow dancer. Um, I was, I was a lot of different things. I actually, we had like six or seven costume changes or something crazy like that. Um, but most well known is the arrow dancer people. And that's when we wore these, these crazy hats. We wore these like bright, um, these brightly colored arrow costumes because they thought they were like, Oh, the athletes are going to be so starstruck and so excited to be in the stadium. They're not going to know where to go. So we're going to put giant arrows on your costumes so you can point them the right direction to go while you're dancing. And I'm like, 
okay. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know what they were though. thinking. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was a really cool experience. Um, I uh, I learned Portuguese, and I because that was part of the audition. You had to demonstrate that you were proficient in the language, and then you had to move to Brazil for three months and go to uh, all these like seven hour long rehearsals mm -hmm. and, uh, and learn all these dances in the first place. Oh, that was actually quite difficult. Um, that, well, I sent in a video audition. So like that part is like, that's easy. It was, it was my video audition. In fact, if you want to find it, you can find it on, um, the Spintronics YouTube channel. There's a, there, literally the actual video audition that I sent in is on the Spintronics channel. And like, I, you have to speak Portuguese and then you have to dance. And so mm -hmm. I spoke Portuguese and honestly, now that I'm actually like fluent in Portuguese, I, I look back on it and I like cringe cause I was so bad at it at the time. <laughs> and I didn't even realize how bad I was. Um, but then you had to perform and I did a little, a little piece. It had to be majority dancing because it was technically for a dancer position, yeah. but I, so I danced and then I did a, a little saber and a little flag at the end mm -hmm. and they were like oh you should bring your flag and i brought my flag and they never asked me to take it out once how on earth do you so bring a flag like, on a plane oh that's that's a whole other thing <laughs> i had i actually had a very special flag custom made that breaks in two oh and so it actually like breaks in the middle and you can roll it up and i fit it in my in my uh same bag with my rifle like it was just it was like 36 inches mm-hmm so yeah, it ended up being, it was fine. Uh, I brought that down and then, and I ended up getting to spin a lot on the beach. So there's a lot of videos of me spinning on Copacabana and Ipanema beach. So that's fun, but no, so the, like to actually figure out how to do the auditions was really difficult because uh, everything was in Portuguese. And like I said, I didn't know Portuguese at the time, but I really wanted to be in the Olympics. When I was in high school, there was a couple of, um, we had a couple of foreign exchange students who were from Brazil and they'd always talk about, yeah, when you come visit me in my country, when you come visit me in my country. And I was just like, right, right. <laughs> As if I'm ever going to be able to come visit you in your country. Like you're here uh -huh. on foreign exchange. Like this is totally different scenario. But I was like, man, it would be really cool to go to Brazil. And I, I don't know. I did a lot of research and I found the right websites um, and found information for auditioning for the ceremonies cast. There were eight Americans in the ceremonies cast. I met six of them, myself mm -hmm. being number seven. There was one I never met and I, I don't even know who they were. Uh, but there was, there was a lot of people just, just in the arrow dancing group alone, there was like 300 and something people. So yeah. Uh, and then I got to be in multiple different ceremonies. I was in the, the, uh, the opening ceremonies of the Olympics. I was in the closing ceremonies and then I was in the opening ceremonies of the Paralympics. Nice. Yeah. Because that's in that was in Rio too. Like a. Oh yeah. Yeah. The the Paralympics actually happened. I didn't realize that was like they were like together, but the Paralympics happened like the week. Like we had the closing ceremonies of the Olympics, and then I can't remember if it was one week or two weeks off. I say off, but that was like us hardcore, like preparing for the ceremonies <laughs> for the opening ceremonies. Um, I, I want to say it was like two weeks. We had two weeks off of games where we were in rehearsals. And then we had the, the opening ceremonies for the Paralympics. 
but like a once in a lifetime story like how many people could say i was in the olympics with a gold medal <laughs> a exactly literal... exactly this i mean it's it's not real gold i'm sorry but it, it, the color is gold and it has the olympic rings on it and says it does it does and it is it is like it's it's a it's an official replica is what it is mm -hmm. so it's not a real gold like what the athletes get but it is an official replica so that's i don't know it's cool i like it it hangs here in my office <laughs> so do you think it was a unique experience that you had to speak the native language for Rio itself? Because I've always wondered that too, because the official language of the Olympics is like English, French, and wherever it's hosted. Right. So I would think that you would be would have been fine with English or and or French. Um, it would have been, except for the fact that they needed you to be there so early. So because I had I had to be there like three months before the Olympics began to start going to rehearsals and Brazil was not set up to accommodate, and, and from what I understand, most countries are like this. They're not set up to accommodate speakers of foreign languages until about a month before the Olympics actually start. Mm -hmm. That's when they start working on stuff. So when I first got there, everything was in Portuguese. And I didn't think twice about it, honestly, until they actually started going around. They would literally go around and take down street signs and put up new street signs that had both the uh, uh, English, Portuguese and English on the street sign. And then they did like all the, the bus stations and the subway stations and stuff. They would take the recordings and make new recordings that said everything both in Portuguese and in English. So oh. that was that, that, that transformation was really strange for me because I had been away from English for a couple months at that point and completely submerged in Portuguese. Uh, but apparently that's how they do it is they just start going in and, and making the cities more accommodating to multiple languages. Nice. Although Tokyo's next and then after Tokyo is Paris. So yes. And then in 2028, it's going to be here in the United States in LA. So if anybody is interested in performing in the ceremonies in LA, I strongly suggest you start looking up how to do it now because I I started I think four years out from I started when the when the London Olympics were going on and I was watching the opening ceremonies for that I was like man how cool would it be to be in the in the Olympic ceremonies and that's when I started doing my research so <laughs> no that's so good to know. I didn't know it was coming to New uh, no. listen, listen to me. Coming to New York. Now it's going to LA. Going to LA. <laughs> I meant the US, but I said New York in my head. But yeah, so okay, cool. See people, you can achieve dreams. Speaking of Thank dreams, you. last question before we hit the final round. What would your dream for guard be? Like as a meta sport, as a competition climate, as yourself? Like, what is your dream world of guard? Oh. That's hard to say moving forward because I will say when I started all this, like where it is now is what I had dreamed about before. Mm -hmm. And now I'm kind of getting to the point where I'm like, okay, I'm ready to start my family. And I'm sort of thinking about those other things. I think my dream now is that those people who are young and who are coming into it and sort of taking over 
from those of us who are getting old and stepping back a little bit, my dream is that those people can keep it going the way that it's going. It can keep it becoming more inclusive, can be, keep it becoming more of a safe place. Um, you know, I talked before when we were talking about Irving about how it was so hard for us in the beginning, because when we would post things online, people would be really hateful about it. Uh, that has, I don't want to say it's gone away completely, but it's, it's way better than it was. And there are a lot of even kids now who are absolutely unafraid to post videos of themselves practicing or whatever. Uh, so that's nice. And then, you know, so moving forward, I hope that trend continues and I hope it becomes more understood. It doesn't necessarily have to be more mainstream, mainstream. Right. But I hope it becomes more understood in the mainstream as far as like, where it comes from, why it exists, why it's separate from cheerleading and dance team and other sports like that. And uh, yeah, I think those, th th those things are really important. And in an authentic way and not a Ryan Murphy way. Because, <laughs> oh, do you not know about all that? <laughs> I don't, I don't. Okay, so it was a nobody, big Nobody offered tea to me yet. <laughs> oh, okay, so there wasn't really too much tea, but it was just like stuff I noticed and like apparently other people complained about it too. So when Glee was a thing, Ryan Murphy came out and was like, hey guys, we're going to feature Guard in a couple episodes. And everyone's like, oh, cool. Because, you know, Glee, they were like the losers in school. And Guard back in 2011, 2010, 9 wasn't the hottest thing out there. You know, wait, you know Irving was in that too, yes. right? Okay, okay. Just making so, sure. <laughs> yeah, no, they did great in there. Like, what Guard did in yeah. there was great. But Ryan Murphy did not feature them the way that he was, like, blowing it up to be. They were just, like, in the background and... Yeah, I didn't know Irving was in it until like years later. And he's like, hey, guys, this is me. I was like, oh, your hair is so spiky. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I hope that we get more mainstream recognition. I hope we end up like, you always know the marching band commercials that appear randomly on TV. Never a guard. The only guard I've ever seen in a media depiction is American Pie Band Camp. Yeah, that's well, and that's something too. They've they've actually gotten better about it in parades. I I used to watch like parades just to see if I could see the guard, and it would be like I'd watch the Macy's parade, I'd watch the Rose Bowl parade, I'd watch this parade, this parade, and they would literally cut the band off as the guard marched onto the screen, and it was very very frustrating as someone who was in guard in high school, like like while I was in high school, and I was just like, why do they never show the guard? And I think social media has helped with that because a lot of people complained about that online. Like, like, why do you always cut it off right before the flags get in the shot? Like the flags are important too. Like you should be able to see them. Like they uh, are the visual. <laughs> right. They are the visual of it. You should be able to see them. Uh, that's one of the things like, like working for the Macy's parade though, has helped me to kind of see the behind the scenes of all that stuff and how that works. And like the people with the cameras really have no clue or care. They just know what people tell them. Oh, and I so forgot I, you were the, in Macy's too. <laughs> yeah, I worked for Macy's Parade for 12 years now. 2009 was my first year working for them. And uh, I, I uh, like seeing behind the scenes and like seeing the camera crew, they only know what the producers tell them to shoot. It's not like a, a personal decision that they're making to cut the guard off or anything like that. It's just like, okay, now go to camera, whatever. Now go to camera, whatever. Now go to camera, whatever. And like, 
they're not trying to cut the guard off. It's just, it just so happens that that's what's going on. And so it's those producers that have to be more aware of what's going on and, and who's being featured. And that is the same thing the Dance Moms people said, because the entire Dance Moms community was like, why do you always cut it off when the kids are dancing? We want to see the kids. We don't care about everyone reacting in the audience. Right, right, yes. And, and the moms actually came out because they have a podcast too. And they were talking like, the producers never, they didn't have kids in dance. They didn't know how dance competitions were. Right. And it was pitched as a documentary about right. dance competitions. Which in a documentary, you would show the audience and you'd show everyone's reactions to what's going on. And yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But then it turned into what it turned into. And we all <laughs> watched. Uh, <laughs> or I did. Of everyone. But yeah. <laughs> but I will say something that was interesting too. So like, other performance through guard opportunities is that I was quote almost in Spider-Man far from home, not far from Ooh. home, homecoming. It was homecoming okay. because so what happened was, is I saw the casting call. It was like going around on Tumblr, which never has casting calls. And that's why I believed it was real, but it was like asking for people that could pass for high school. And I was like, Oh, I could pass for high school. They were looking for Asian people specifically. And I was like, Oh, and to come to a high school homecoming football game. And I was like, got it. And people that, have talents that could be featured at a high school homecoming football game. I was like, I am in. But yeah. it was the day of my final for grad school. <gasps> no! So I never went for it. But then when I oh. went and saw the movie, they didn't have a football scene. So I was like, you know, good thing I went yeah, to my might, final. you might have been cut off entirely. Um, the Macy's Band, if you watch the movie Tower Heist with Ben Stiller, mm -hmm. it's a good movie. I I. I'm also freaking Ben Stiller fan. Not that Ben Stiller is sponsoring this podcast, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm a huge Ben Stiller fan. I love him to pieces. Um, I quote Zoolander like at every single color guard rehearsal we ever have. Like, and that's one of those things people wouldn't know because it's not in video anywhere, but it's just like, like the kids know. And like, I'll say Zoolander quotes and they'll be like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so anyway, the, the, the Ben Stiller movie Tower Heist happens during thanksgiving and they're in new york city and the thanksgiving parade happens the the band uh the band that is marching in the thanks in the macy's thanksgiving parade in that scene is actually the 2011 macy's great american marching band so anybody who was in that Ooh. band is in the movie however <laughs> if you have the like if you saw it in theaters it was fine. If you have the like formatted for TV version, they cut the color guard off. Oh. <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> and my sister was in the color guard that year. Well, was it, was it 20? No, the movie came out in 2011. Sorry. It was the 2010 band that was featured. The movie came out in 2011. Um, but my sister was in it and she was in the color guard and she was actually in the very front line. So if you saw the movie in theaters, you saw my sister in that movie and it was just like, yeah, that's so cool. Um, now they did have a scene where they had a vehicle and they drove through the band. That was not the band. That was stunt doubles wearing all of our costumes, wearing all of our band uniforms. That would make <laughs> Just sense. Just so you know, no children, no children <laughs> were put in harm's way for that scene. Um, but yeah, that was a really crazy year. There was a lot of filming going on. There's like film crews around all the time. And like, they actually filmed a lot of, they, they took like the only footage of the actual band was like drone footage, but the recordings of the band playing are actually the recordings of them playing in their rehearsal facility and outside their rehearsal facility. So that was really cool. You are just everywhere in the most like, <laughs> pop-up media ways. 
which is awesome. I don't know. It's just so cool. Like, I always forget. Like, I always remember, like, Olympics. But no, you're right. You've been in Macy's for 14 years now you Since said huh? 2009 so 2000 okay. i there was a couple years the year that i went to the olympics i had to miss the macy's parade that year so makes sense that was sad but and then um of course last year they they didn't really I yeah mean, yeah you, we all saw what happened last year but aside from that <laughs> which by the I've way been in it since 2009 this is recording on june 4th 2021 everyone because everyone knows it's backdated to, I don't know when this one's going to air, but just to contextualize, like <laughs> your son may be here. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's possible. By the time this goes out live. So everyone go check out Spintronics everywhere and find out what is happening with Jackie. But are you ready for the rapid fire questions portion? <sighs> okay. I'm ready. Let's it's do okay. It. I'll tell you right now. It hasn't been rapid fire because we always go tangents. But <laughs> <laughs> with guard people, I can't imagine that. It's not only guard people. <laughs> and half the time oh. it's my fault. But yeah. <laughs> All right. So what are your chosen coping skills? That wow. No, that's not a rapid fire question at all. <laughs> <laughs> For most people, it isn't. I thought it was, but <laughs> Um, okay, coping skills right now. Let's let's make it rapid fire. Right now, getting in the garden and just gardening. Like that's that's how I deal with stuff. Mm -hmm. Nice. For right now. Yeah. <laughs> Pick a side. You don't have to know the sides. Lancaster or York. York. Where do you stand on the Oxford comma? You have to have it. You have to. I don't care what anybody else says. You have to have it. <laughs> if I told you to bring a pie to pie day, what kind of pie would you bring? Strawberry rhubarb. Oh, you're the second person to say rhubarb. Uh, what thing. is an innocent phrase that you've mistakenly or subconsciously weaponized? <sighs> this just happened the other day and it's so bad. I have a thing. I have I have a front bunny. <laughs> completely innocent. Completely innocent. There's literally a bunny that lives in my front yard. Okay. And there are two bunnies that live in my backyard. So the bunny that lives in my front yard is my front bunny. <laughs> my husband heard me say that the other day. And now I'm crying because it's just so funny. My husband heard me say that the other day. And he about lost it. <laughs> well i'm glad it came to you so easily that question that's one of the harder questions for people it, it just happened the other day otherwise i don't even know what i would say but that so yeah so i have a front bunny and she lives under she lives under the bus and uh i have to chase her out of my garden sometimes it's so cool. I didn't even think you, the bus would be like at your house. I thought it'd be at the warehouse, but your bus is in your front yard. Oh gosh, no, it's in my front yard. <laughs> <laughs> what a story you can, or bio you can write one day. <laughs> Olympics, Macy's, you have a bus. <laughs> and I chase front bunnies out of my garden. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. What's a trend that went too far? Mm, Tide pods. For sure. <laughs> You're the first person to say that. <laughs> Really? Yes. Oh my god. Like people went to the hospital over that trend. Like how what? 
If you could rule an established country or territory in this world, where and why? I would freaking take over Brazil and I would fix their corrupt government. That's what if, I would do. It makes me sad. It's one of the most beautiful countries in the world and it's so difficult to live there. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. I have family over there too. Yeah. Oh, I'm jealous. Can, I, can we go to a family reunion sometime? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe they keep telling me to come down. So I'll let you know. Uh, if you were the pageant contestant or large platform holder, what would be your philanthropy or cause? Uh, performing arts education for everyone. Makes sense. Yeah, that's. I, I feel like that. That would just be my my cause anywhere for anything. <laughs> what avatar nation would you come from if you even know the show? Yeah. Um. I think I'd be an Airbender. I don't really. I don't know all. The, I don't know all the specifics. I'm, I'm not like an avid watcher of the show or anything. I just know the general things. But I think I would be an Airbender mostly because I was referred to as an airbender multiple multiple times throughout this winter guard season and like hmm. yeah it just it just makes sense i guess yeah <laughs> water tribe there you go <laughs> yeah i'm wearing my water bending tank right now everyone i forgot about you can't see it all right <laughs> who would play you in a documentary or movie about your life I don't think the person who would play me has been born yet. Hmm. Because I feel like, I don't feel like a documentary about my life would come out during my life. I think what would end up happening is like years down the road, somebody's going to be doing research about YouTubers back in the, you know, 20 teens or whatever. And they're going to come across me and they're going to be like, wow, this girl was weird. Let's make a movie about her. And I'll be like long dead and it'll be like, generations from now maybe you could be the new broadway musical i could be the new broadway musical let's go that my life would almost have to be musical it's ridiculous yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, be believable. last one what's your ideal five minutes of fame oh not the ones we have so far <laughs> my ideal five minutes of fame would probably be something where i'm like doing a beautiful piece of choreography or beautiful toss or whatever. And like, or like my team getting like going to world championships and having just a lovely video of them up on the jumbotron. Like that would be lovely. What we are currently famous for on TikTok is a video of everyone crying while they folded up their floor from our last rehearsal when the season got canceled due to COVID. That one has 23 million views. What? And then, yeah, yeah, exactly. To be and fair, then, the way you folded it was amazing. <laughs> and then the second one was when they were doing their little, like, you know, they had the little change costumes this year. So they had these costumes that like, when you pull on the shoulders, it changed the costume from mm -hmm. being like brown or green or whatever color it was to being silver. And we have a blooper video of them trying to pull it down and it not working. And that got like 5 million views. And I'm like, that, that was the blooper. Like we did it perfectly. How many other times <laughs> and how many other times is it posted all over the internet with them doing it perfectly. And that's the one that gets famous. I'm surprised <sighs> it wasn't the among us one. That one was pretty good too. I don't think that one hit a million though. 
I love the Among Us video. I show it to people all the time. I'm like, guys, look how fun this is. Ooh, ooh, you know what? Since this is going to be airing later, too, there is a little project that I'm currently working on with a company, which will not be named yet, mm -hmm. um, to bring the Among Us flags back to the market. So a lot of people, we, we get asked all the time, where did those flags come from? Where did you get those? Where did you get those? Well, those are from a company that no longer makes that kind of flag. They literally mm -hmm. just don't make sewn flags. They only make digitally printed flags. Mm -hmm. um, they completely transitioned. Uh, but I'm working with a company to make a, an exclusive Spintronics collection of flags. And the Among Us flags which we don't, we, that's not what we call them here. We call them our rainbow flags because we use them for stuff all the time. They're always like, it's this rainbow of flags. Yeah. Anyways, those flags will be, we're, we're working on making those flags a part of the Spintronic, the exclusive Spintronics collection. So when that comes out, we'll start promoting it all over our socials. And and I will be watching because those flags are gorgeous. They are. They're my favorite flags. Like seriously, they, we use them in high school. Um, and that beats your whale yeah the orca the orca flag is amazing oh yeah oh yeah the the orca flag is amazing too but i i really think the, the rainbow flags are my favorite oh that should have been a question i'll ask giz that next time <laughs> <laughs> but awesome i'm so happy you came on do you have anything you'd like to say to the listeners oh man guys keep spinning and make sure that you share this with your friends. Color Guard is way more fun when you can do it on a team. Take it from somebody who's done it on a team and done it solo. And it's just, when you have people there with you, it just makes all the difference. And it changes your life. It truly does. It truly does. I've tracked it. Every single one of my friends in my adult life came from Guard. In some like random way, it was like oh, but it was also like, uh. <laughs> but also, <laughs> it's like I've done so many things, and they all came from guard. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's, I mean, the people who I am still in contact with from high school, from college, from whatever I've done in my life, were are, are from guard somehow. That's really, that's really, truly, yeah. You're not wrong. It 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 creates those connections. Yeah. So, thank you for coming on. Thanks for was, having me. No problem. It was great having you. And to you satellites out there, catch us next orbit and see you next time.